Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be speaking with two-time Grammy Award-winning reggae and dancehall superstar Shaggy, also known as Orville Burrell. I've had the pleasure of meeting Shaggy a couple of times back in 1993 when I interviewed him for his debut album, Pure Pleasure. Then again in 2016 when he headlined the show at Chum 1045's Breakfast in Barbados. He was a big hit there. And then again in 2018 when he was my guest on my talk show with Sting for their Grammy-winning album, 44876. Well, this year marks the 20th anniversary of Shaggy's diamond-selling album, Hot Shot. They gave us hits like It Wasn't Me and Angel. So many great hits off that album. To celebrate, Shaggy dropped the reissued album, Hot Shot 2020, including re-recorded hits of old fan favorites, new favorites, and never-before-heard tracks. So let's get talking with Mr. Boombastic, Shaggy. Hi, Shaggy. Bless, bless, bless. Thank you, Marilyn. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm really good. I know that you just got reunited with your kids in Kingston, so that's great. Finally, I'm here. I've come back to a house with yes all my children but a lot of construction so i have uh, uh we've been um we've been out of our home for about a year we just got back in and there's um you know workmen everywhere doing things so i'm trying to i wow. have to sit down and find a quiet a quiet spot to get this done <laughs> <laughs> so you just got back were you like stuck in new york or something like that what happened i was in new york yeah i came back from the uk it was um I got back to New York one day before they they closed the borders in the UK. And yeah. uh, because I was in the UK, I was going to sit there and try and quarantine for about 14 days before I go home. But then they closed the borders to New uh, to Jamaica also. So I was just kind of stuck here. I was there for about somewhere yeah. around eight to 10 weeks and just locked up in my home in New York. And I finally got to come back uh, last Monday. So, I'm, you know, yeah. finally I'm here. <laughs> Reunited with not only construction, but your kids. How old are your kids now? I have uh, twin girls that are 10 uh, in a couple of days. And uh, my uh, 15-year-old daughter. And Uh I have two sons also. One is 25 and the other one is uh, 23. Are they all based in Jamaica? No, my my two sons are based in Miami, but they're they're actually here now with me also. So they they go back and forth, and well, Miami is a really quick flight. Yeah, I understand that. So um, I understand too that you're doing a lot of fundraising for for workers um, uh, during this uh, very very strange time in the world. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, we do we do a lot of stuff uh, for you know for many, many charities. Uh, Yes. Uh, for the frontline workers, we did a lot of stuff for Jamaica and raising money for the frontline workers here. It was a, a, a I think it was a tele, it was a telethon, and I, you know, I asked a couple of friends. Sting came and gave a little message. I, you know, I went and gave mine. Every reggae artist in Jamaica jumped on board uh, mm. to raise money uh, to see if we could help, you know, fight COVID. I mean, it's a global uh, pandemic right now, and anyone who asks me to do anything, I'm always open for it. That's so cool. It's how is Jamaica doing these days? They have done very, very well with it. To be honest with you, when I got back here in Jamaica, their protocol and their standards are so high. I mean, you can't, it is mandatory. You have to have a mask anywhere you go in Jamaica. It is just mandatory. They're very, they take very serious. There's prop, there's testing. We were testing mm-hmm. at the airport coming in, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. 
there's social distancing. I think they, they got on it really early because the pandemic hit everywhere else. So by the time uh, it, it got to them, they were they had everything in place. So kudos to them, man. They, you know, they, the yeah. government really did well on that. That's good to hear. Last time that you were on the show, on this show, you were with Sting promoting your Grammy-winning album, 44876. How did that all go? I just, you're in between doing the promo for it. I know that there was like a big birthday party that was being planned for you too. How did that all come together? Yeah. Well, the birthday party didn't happen because Sting got sick. And uh, oh, we were touring. Okay. We're in the mid- we, yeah, we were in the middle of the tour and uh, he got really sick and we, we missed a couple of shows. And the oh, only man. window that was open was my birthday <laughs> window. <laughs> so it's either we make the show up or we go do the yeah. birthday. And I said, hey, man, you know, uh, let's go do these shows. This is what we're built for. This is what we do. So we went ahead and did the shows. The whole experience was great. The album was great. Uh, was you know, the touring was great. We won the Grammy. Um, yeah. we, we sold almost platinum. So yeah, it was great. I love this story. If you just want to quickly tell us about how you and Sting got together, had you known each other for a long time? There's something about being in the studio, uh, meeting up in the studio. Can you tell us about that? Well, the biggest thing about this whole 44876 with Sting, it's not even so much the project. The project was great. Yeah. I think the big thing was the fact that I gained a brother I never knew I needed <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. it's just great energy. We're in the studio. It's fun. We're laughing all the time. We have so much in common. We're both Libras. Both our wives are in, in, in film. Uh, it's, it, you know, there's certain things that we do drink. We both drink the same gin. We still, we like the same kind of wine. It's it's that kind of thing um, wow. that really just kind of worked. And we just didn't know that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're both fans of music. We both um, are... Uh, Two people that that are you know we're allergic to boredom, you know we want we always want to try new things and love hybrid music and hybrid stuff, and it just kind of worked out. I met him the first time, I think was I jumped on a stage in Antwerp in nineteen, uh, or actually two thousand and four, but I've seen him on and off here and there. It wasn't until my manager Martin Kersenbaum, who is now well, who, who was then just his manager, and he was my A and R for. Uh, for years at Interscope and he knew both me and Sting and Martin just thought that we would get along and you know uh, he would, there was a track I had don't make me wait Martin heard it he played it for Sting Sting loved it walked in and the minute the first day we walked in the studio uh, it was just everything just kind of fit and next minute you know we're we're like a couple <laughs> it's a great collaboration and i know that he has been uh there's a collaboration on this new album as well actually a revamped album hot shot 2020 includes some of your biggest hits plus four brand new songs is he on a brand new song or is is it uh something that you've done in the past he's on two songs uh oh okay. i did a lot yeah. yeah i did i did a lot of this album was done some a lot of it was recorded backstage at his um last ship uh play his concert uh-huh. his play okay. so so we were we were in la and i was just hanging with him there and backstage we had two dressing rooms one of the dressing room we turned into a studio and uh songs like angel when i was i was singing angel he walked in and he says let me sing that and he's because he sang it every night on tour and he loved it and he sang it uh, songs like Electric Avenue was really his idea. It was him and Trudy. 
that asked me to do it at um, uh, 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 the Rainforest Fund concert. And, you know, it came over well. And he's like, you should record that. You should record that for the album. And, and you did. So he was very instrumental. And there was another song on there called Primavera, um, which is a song we had started and we decided to finish it. And, you know, he led some more vocals on it, added more vocals to it. And so he's on, that's a new song, Primavera with, with Sting and Shaggy. And, um, you know, the album has songs like, you know, all the favorites, Angel, It Wasn't Me, Love Me, Love Me from Hot Shot. I took about five of the most streamed songs from the original Hot Shot, gave them a revamp, a 2020 update, you know, and new vocals, new new, new uh, production. And then I, I also threw on, on there, uh, uh, you know, songs like um, Mr. Bombastic, Oh Carolina, Hey, sexy oh, lady, yeah. strength of a woman. These are these are all songs that everyone know, but we gave them yeah. new production and a yeah. revamp, a 2020 feel with new vocals. So it's a great it's a great song, and of course, Banana or Big Smash oh. is also on the album at a remix. So uh, yeah, it would be yeah. Great. Let me see that uh, it's Conqueror, right? That that came up with that is that yeah. is, that's that that's that Harry Belafonte 1956 album that my mother had, uh, you know, yeah. Calypso. And that it's that that's such an iconic album. And then the story behind this and walk me through this is that you helped produce that and then decided to be on it. And then what yeah. happened after that? Well, it was brought to me by, again, Martin Kirzenbaum, who was my uh, my manager. Um, he literally brought the song to me. I didn't know Conqueror then. And he yeah. says, I think you should do this song. I was very apprehensive to doing uh, doing the song because I did it, I did the same song already uh, yeah. on my um, on my Boombastic album in 1996. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do the same song. Right. It's a lot, but I love what he I love what Conqueror did to the lyrics. It was I love the little innuendos, you know. The lyrics were so cheeky, and I was like, I love it. But I said I'll produce it, you know, and. I went ahead and did a production on the music and did it all over. And then I, there was a guy called Steve Greenberg who did, who let the dogs out. He was, you know, right. he, he was the one that, that put that song. And I went to, I went to Steve. I said, Steve, I have a song that sounds like it, it fits you. And he says, plays it. I played it for him. He says, man, Shaggy, I think it's great, but would you jump on it? And I was like, well, I didn't really want to jump on it. Martin, I said, you should jump on it. And then I ended up jumping on it. Thank God I listened to both of them. And, um, and we produced it and put it out, and con- you know, it, it, it just you know, it just went. A TikToker got it. Uh, DJ Fee yeah. put a great remix on it with the uh, with the, the horn drop, and the rest is history. We're on you know on a roll. Shaggy, I love stories behind the song so much because it's all about yeah. the process. And so this song came out in September, and as you said, until TikTok got a hold of it, it kind of plateaued. It was there, it was good, but it just yeah. took off. And so when I go back to your, uh, you know, albums from the past, like the one that you were vamping right now and that you you put out, so much has changed on how music is released and what resonates with people. Um, You know, how do you decide or do you know or is it still by chance that uh, songs Uh, get recorded and become hits? I make songs very selfishly. So I make songs to what I like and hope that it connects you know, and for the most part, yeah. it always connects. So, so it, it's always been that kind of a vibe with this. And it happened with old Caroline, it happened with all these songs. None of them really, you know, hot shot. The album that sold 10 million was out almost yeah. a year before it wasn't me jumped off. And then it became massive. 
You know, and because we're reggae, you don't find record record company throwing a lot of money behind us because there's really no lane for it. There's no there's a pop station, yeah. there's a rock station, there's R and B stations, yeah. urban station. You really don't have reggae stations, you know. Right. So it's really hard for any any record company to put crazy marketing money behind any reggae act. So my records have to be ten times better, you know, and I have to work ten times hard, harder just to be on the level playing field. And uh, we put this record out in, in in August, and we went really hard to promo and did a lot of television and everything. But you're right; it just kind of plateaued out. And you know, yeah. in a testament to the song, it's really about the song. The song is great, and the song yeah. became um, amazing. But there's a lot of songs that went to TikTok that did well, that didn't do well on radio, didn't do well on Shazam, yeah. didn't do well on 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 on, on uh, any of the DSPs. But this one did, and it's a testament to it just being a great song. The production was great. The the, the delivery of the vocals were great. The lyrics were great. The vibe was great. It just needed it to be heard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think people have shorter attention spans these days. Just saying. Just absolutely, saying. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, Hotshot when it came out, because that's when I really first interviewed you. I didn't realize, now that I'm looking back, I should have, but that Angel was already out and happening. Why do you think it was out for a year and then it happened, though? Because I remember playing it on Chum Radio going, this is fantastic. But, you know, Canadian uh, music industry is a little slower on getting on some hits because of CanCon and, and uh, all that sort of thing. So uh, the story behind it was what? That it took so long and it resonated. Why? Well, actually, well, actually Angel was actually the follow-up. Um, oh, okay. Me was the breakout record. And oh, right. Was it was the breakout. Yeah. 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 yeah it wasn't right. me. It was the breakout record. And it, it broke out out of Hawaii. So it worked its way up, but it was, you know, there were two other singles that were out before. One was from uh, the movie, The Love of the Game, called Hope. And another track was uh, Dance and Shot, produced by Jimmy Jam and Tara Lewis. And both of those records really tanked, you know. And it took this, and, and this song, which was, it wasn't me, a song that I did for about $2,000 in my basement <laughs> that really, you know, grabbed the air of a DJ in, in Hawaii who played it. And it just kept going, kept going, kept going. So it, it worked its way from uh, Hawaii all the way on the West Coast, all the way to the East. So I think by the time Canada got it, you know, it was right. already blowing up everywhere. You know, and big right. up to all the radio stations. I've always had a, an amazing track record and, and great um, uh, rock. It's just a whole, my resume in Canada has been just amazing. We've had a lot of hit records, a lot of um, great concerts and just a great reputation, a good vibe there. And I continue to have that. And, I'm, and it's one that I cherish. Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons why I think, not only because you're talented, but you're fun to be with and you're fun to interview. And uh, some people, don't, honestly, some people want to hide behind, okay, this is a song. I don't want to talk about it. And it really is, you have to sell your material. Now, I don't choose the songs, but I know music departments do and program directors do. Uh, they're called brand yeah. managers now. And, you know, you know, I, I'm sorry, I got, I got so excited about, you know, It Wasn't Me was the first one, and then Angel. And then, you know, and then all the, the hits that came off of that. Um, once it gets going, there's always that follow-up. And, I mean, did you know when you were doing that album, like any other music that you do, that you this is a good one. This is so good. This is going to be a hit. Or do you kind of go, this is great, you know but I don't know if it's going to do it. No, you, you'll do a body of work and yeah. I'm producing a body of work or making, writing a bunch of songs. You know what song speaks to you. Like, 
I did bombastic. I knew nothing. And it's normally the songs that speak to me are the songs that are not like anything. I don't like cookie cutting. I don't like right. songs that sounds like other songs that's happening. So when Mr. Bombastic came out, I knew it was something special because nothing on the radio sounded that like it. When I did Wasn't Me, we're in, in sync and Britney Spears mode, so I knew nothing sounded like it. So you kind of right. knew these special songs. I knew there were songs. The problem is convincing other people, like the label or the marketing people, that this is it. Yeah. That's yeah. where the problem comes up because they like to stick with the status quo. They like to go with what uh, is safe. already there and what makes yeah. what is safe. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I am I am not the safe guy at all. I don't like being safe. I, I think that's what has set me apart. And, it, you know, you're right. Even with, with uh, this song, um, uh, the banana song, yeah. uh, it, a lot of people would not really go at it because they feel like they need to be too cool for it. I just look at music. If it makes you smile and it puts a smile on your face, it makes me happy. And, I'm, and I've done so many cool things that I could do anything that I want at this point, you know, sure. that I just do anything. And this song to me, it spoke to me. It was cool. It had an energy. The lyrics were just so up my alley. And I thought it, were, it, it was right. So, yeah, you know, eventually I jumped on it. Well, you know, it's funny because this morning we were talking about on Chum Radio. I still work at that morning show in Toronto and um, and blessed that I do. And they we're starting a new thing about you as a listener can be a music influencer. And so they asked a couple of us, what what song would you, you know, like to influence other people? And I played Banana. I played oh. Banana this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I know. We all love you, Chum. That's for sure. Um, so uh, going back in time, Oh, Carolina, uh, a remake. Uh, that resonated with you. Uh, you know, uh, remakes like um, uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. You know, that, those are remakes. Those are songs that resonate with you. You put your spin on it. It's familiar to people. What a great formula that is. Did you ever hear from, let's say, Cindy Lauper when you did a re remake of her song? Did you ever hear from her? I did. I, I was friends with, with, with Cindy. That's why I did Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I did uh, the uh, Night of the Proms tour um, with her uh, and toured extensively, and and I just kind of put that record that record out. You know, she she was someone I admired. We played together on. Um, she asked me to come and do her show for uh, the VH1 special. We did that together, so we had a great relationship. You know, uh, I threw Yvonne, and I just thought it would have been a good good spin, uh, just to have a, a, a little vibe on it here and there. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think that you are uh, all ages now because you just uh, performed that live TV musical presentation of The Little Mermaid. Uh, that was <laughs> so much fun. I watched that, not because I have a little one, I, although I'm just a, a new grandmother, but I watched it because I thought, I want to see what he's going to do with it. Was it as much fun and were you nervous about it going live? I mean, you do live all the time, but mm -hmm. how, how did you feel about that whole presentation? Because those are hits. People love them. Uh, it was really crazy at this point because I, I really didn't, wasn't given an opportunity to say yeah or name. My manager brought it to me and says, oh, by the way, you're doing The, the, little, uh, the little Mermaid. You know, Matt, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, and by the way, uh, you have, you're going to have about uh, four rehearsals to get it right. You know? Wow. So it's learned, yeah, it's learning these songs and it's timing. And I just figured that I was ready for something like this. I just felt like 
Um, if I'm going to jump off the deep end, might as well you do it with Disney, you know, because yeah. they know what yeah. they're doing. And yeah. uh, we had some great choreographers. Uh, the director was amazing. Um, just everyone on the, in, during that experience was so professional and they showed me how to. So it wasn't like starting from something, you know, and trying to figure it out. These guys were the pros. They knew exactly how to get things done. And we did it and we had the highest rating uh, that night. Uh, the album mm -hmm. came out number one and it was a massive, massive success. And we launched Disney Plus. So it was great. That's so great. Now, what did your, what did your uh, little ones think of dad doing that job? Hey, look at you on TV. Come on. Well, they're used to me being on TV, but I think they were more sure, but excited about right? being, yeah, yeah, they were more excited about being on set. They came on set. They were okay. there. They, they watched it live. They were part of the audience. And, um, you know, they, they got to meet all the characters and, and, and got in to meet all the, you know, Queen Latifah, who played Ursula and, you know, John Stamos, who played a chef, you know, it, it you know, it, and they were real nice to all of them. So it was a treat for them. And it was a big party afterwards with all the characters with, you know, cotton candy and all of this it was so set up for the kids and they just had a blast. Let's talk about um, the many people that you work with. You mentioned Cindy Lauper and, of course, Sting. Um, rumors were swirling that you turned down a possible collaboration with Rihanna. Can we no, talk that, that, about that? Was, that was a rumor. It was a um, rumor, though, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, I was in, I was in talks with um, uh, uh, her A&R who's doing our album and, and they've suggested, you know, that we, you know, get together and I'm, I'm like, sure, let's get it done, you know, but I think because of both of our uh, schedules and stuff, it became a little bit crazy. And I said, you know, to get the best type of music done, it'd be cool if both of us do it or in the room together and kind of vibe it off. You know I mean? I think that's where things kind of got a little, little crazy. And, you know, I did an interview. I says, yeah, you know, I have to, you know, try and get it done. And they, they took it, you know, people try to write headlines to sell paper, and they put that, and then sure. it became viral. So, but it's it's nothing well, like that. I have a great I have a, I have a great relationship with Rihanna. Uh, she's a Caribbean girl. She's you know one of my favorite. I I've known her for years. Um, she started in dancehall. She has a dancehall album that's supposed to come out, and I think it's going to be incredibly brilliant because all the people who are working on it are people that I know very very well and are very very talented people. And she should have no yeah. problem scoring a, a big one with that one. And I know Omar oh. and all the guys over there at Rock Nation, they're, they're just really great guys. You know. Hey, let me tell you, anytime she starts trending, everyone's going, album, album? Oh, yeah. No, it's a yeah. new Fenty you know, product or something like that. Very successful uh, uh, woman from Barbados. She's so great. I, I really love her music. Um, you know, your beginnings, and I don't know if a lot of people knew about this, but um, I, I've talked to you about this before about you being in the uh, uh, armed services and uh, and how you kind of maybe 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 it's a memory that I just keep holding on to but I just remember you know when they are are marching around or they're doing their exercises were you one of the ones that were calling out and making music to that? <laughs> Do I remember that right? That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to sing cadences, and because I had a knack for 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 making up funny cadences, they would ask me to come out and sing it. And so we'd be running like three, four miles, and I'd be like, I don't know, but I've been told. 
Masio wears pantyhose. And I'm, you know, and then they'd be so motivated because it'd be, I'd be saying all these crazy stuff to these, right. you know, these CEOs that you have to be so respectful to. And, um, right. but the CEOs also loved it because it was a motivated run. But I didn't know that was vocal training because while I was running, I was singing from the bottom of my, my gut. And when you're singing and running these miles, it's really vocal training. You're really building your vocal muscle and which helped me out in life and doing, you know, what I do now. Yeah. I remember talking to Beyonce for a chum radio show. And she said to me that she was running. Her dad made her run and sing at the same time. And I said, well, yeah. that's kind of like Shaggy. That's how he got yeah. kind of, you know, his voice kind of, because you are moving. I don't think people realize how physical singing is and physical very. on stage it is. It's very physical. Plus you're going from city to city and that's really a tough gig for sure. You know, it is a tough, it is a tough gig and you're on stage for about two hours every night. And if you're going places like Africa, sometimes you got to go three. I've done, I've done a, a oh. concert for four hours straight before really in africa wow yeah that's amazing that's amazing yeah because do you the, think yeah man the africans well, man they want they want their money's worth you got to give them full out <laughs> <laughs> so tell me shaggy do you think oh it's heartbreaking i love the fact you've got this new album out i can't wait for you to tour with it again i'm, I'm assuming that you will but thank you let's talk about what's happening in this lockdown in this new world and i know they're going to come out with a vaccine i know it's going to get better but concerts are one of the last things that we're going to probably see which we're going to appreciate even more so tell me what you think about all that is happening in in that world which is your world well i do think that public gatherings are probably going to be the last things uh, the yeah. last thing to open back up so it's going to take a while but it, I think it will open up back up because it's in, in, you're talking about incredible revenue, uh, yeah. you know, ball, ball games, uh, soccer matches, you name it. And um, it's all a part of our, of our, you know, of the economy, of our lifestyle, of our culture as a people. And so I think it will come back, you know, whether it's a vaccine or, you know, it, it, it runs its course. Uh, in some places, you're starting to see a little bit of uh, things opening up here and there. But, you know, I think it's going to be in 2021 before we really see anything like that. Mm -hmm. And do you think you're going to tour? Is there talks about you doing that? I know some people like, let's say Garth Brooks is going to these theaters, you know, these open, these drive-ins. I mean, that, may, that might be a venue, but boy, those things were falling apart. Now they're loved again. What was old is new again. Do you feel you're going to go on the road again with this? I'd, I'd love to go back on the road as soon as I can. I just, I just don't know how I feel about doing, you know, these these theater. Everyone so apart with masks on their faces, or or sitting in cars at a drive-in. Uh, it's like doing virtual concerts are not things that I really enjoy. I like, yeah. I like the energy from an audience. I like the crowd. Mm -hmm. I like that's that's why I got into music for the live aspect of it. You know, I, I you know, mm -hmm. I write songs very well, and I. And I, I, I produce songs very well and I make music well. And obviously I've, I've sold millions of records, but those aren't things that I really, really enjoy. I really enjoy the tour. Mm -hmm. And when you're up on tour and you're singing songs, do you ever say to yourself, um, you, do you ever get tired of, like, do you change the song list up a lot or do you go this, I know this is going to be out of the park. I still have to do this song as the last song. 
I mean, you know, it's fun well, to I, play with it because we I, always wonder what the last song is going to be. Yeah. Well, I always I always put the big songs in because no matter where you go, what uh, what country, what town, if you don't put the song the the, the big singles in, your fans will be on your page tomorrow morning cussing you the hell out. You know, because they pay their money and they want to hear hits. Uh, so I do yeah. put hits, but I'll you know in between the sets I'll put different songs. I'll change, I'll change it up. I'll do a keeping it real. I'll there, there's certain songs that I'll throw and I'll put in hope. I put in songs that I that are that were not big singles, but just great songs live, uh, just uh -huh. to fill the setup and just make, just to keep you in a vibe. And if you're a Shaggy fan, you know these songs. You know, they're, yes, they're, that's they're, right. They just resonate. Yeah, they resonate. What's your but, favorite? Um, what's your favorite Shaggy song though? The the one that you're most proud of. That you, you know, had Mr. a hit with, or maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Boombastic, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because, and and then I think to myself, if you can, I like to ask people like yourself, if you, of all the music in the world, let's take yours away for just a moment, although not too much. Um, is if you could have, what's your favorite song that's not your song? If you could say, gee, I wish I would have wrote that song. That's a great song. What song would Every that be? Every breath you. Every breath you take, sting. Yes. Yes. Have you told them that? Have you told them that? <laughs> I, I, I told them there, there are two. There's a there's a lot of sting songs I love. Uh, oh, I, I, I love Fields of Gold is is, is one of my favorite. Yeah. I have that. I'm like, dude, super brilliant. But every breath you take, I love it for the simplicity and the fact that, damn, it makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> It's the it's the number two most played song in the world, man. You know that guy's a genius, man. He's a yeah. genius. He's a genius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there's so many songs I love from him too, as I do with you. Okay, now I don't want to forget this. You recently performed your blockbuster hit. It wasn't me on Etalk's Open House series. We're so glad mm -hmm. that you did that. Um, so now you're going to perform another one of your massive hits. Um, and this is going to be Angel, one of my favorite songs. You're one of my favorite people to speak to. I got to tell you, as oh, always have you, a good laugh with you. And I hope your thank kids you. appreciate how fantastic you are, especially the older ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my, you know, no, my, my, my eldest son is in, in music and, uh, you know, yeah. we're very close, you know, and, and like any relationship with children, you know, I've gone through my rough patches with him. And then now we're, yeah. you know, we're like best friends and, and he's here and he's in music. And he soaks it all up, and you know it's great to see him in the studio, just taking charge of his of his music and calling the shots of and, and experimenting and and doing hybrid sounds. And I just watch him, and I'm just amazed at how the bug has gotten him and how how well he is. So I think they're all very appreciative, and and they really love me. My daughters play piano, and they're really great. into it. Uh, it. It's just things that you know it's been a part of their life, and. Uh, Sure. You know, we have a very sure. healthy found foundation, and I'm very, very happy for that. Well, that's good to hear. Where can people follow you, Shaggy? You can hit me at the real Shaggy on on uh, Instagram at di real Shaggy on Twitter at di real Shaggy, and on Facebook, I think it's uh, forward slash Shaggy. All right. Thank you so much for doing this podcast today. I'm going to have to patiently wait for 2021, <laughs> maybe 2022 for you to Fingers come to crossed. Canada. Hopefully we go first. Hopefully we go earlier. Hopefully oh, we go oh, early. yeah. I'm there. Listen, yeah. you, you were so great in Barbados at that Chum concert. Had so much fun. You had everybody in your hands. 
And I thought that is magic. Yeah. Thank you, Shaggy. So appreciate it. I want you to stay well, be safe, and uh, God bless. All right. All the best. Thank you very much. God bless you. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.